0: Welcome to episode twelve of the Ben Talk podcast. This is a special episode because this is the first time Papa Chris puts the music in where we can hear it. Typically, for all of our listeners, Papa Chris will edit the music in there, but I can't hear it and Jason can't hear it. But this time, he like he, I'm watching him take it away. That's incredible. He has a whole little setup. If, if this is just incredible, it is incredible. I mean, what people don't realize is that now... Papa Chris, what do you call this? Uh,
1: It's specifically called a
0: podcaster. It's a... Okay, so it's 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 basically... basically, It's a mixing board. We've advanced. advanced. We have added a mixing board. We have added booms. Whatever he calls these mics.
2: They're like mechanical arms for our uh, mics. Yes. Papa Chris, thank you so much.
0: Papa Chris, you are... Papa Chris has a big vision for the podcast. It is unbelievable. We're just glad to be a part of it. Absolutely. So... First of all, again, welcome to episode 12 of the Ben Talk podcast here for the city of St. Charles School District. I am Rodney Lewis, your assistant superintendent. We have the captain. We have El Jefe. We have the bald head bandit, the leader of the pack, Jason Todd
2: Seifert. Let's just remind, especially for our wonderful guests, that El Jefe does not mean that I'm fat. It actually means boss. It means boss in Spanish.
0: El Patron. Do that one too, El,
2: El Patron. Yeah, okay and that is boss. Boss too.
0: Yeah, okay. I got it. I got. I'm really kind of getting used
2: to Hefe uh, <laughs> at this yeah, point. Like but that. Okay, cool.
0: This episode. What did you say? This is twelve. Twelve. Is that awesome? It seems like we've been doing it for a long time, but we record once a month.
2: And I always say this, but this is a good one. Yeah, I'm really is. looking forward to the discussion, yeah. the conversation we're going to have today. We've got some awesome people in the studio today. Yeah.
0: Before we get started, as always. Please subscribe to the Ben Talk podcast on Apple Podcasts, um, wherever you, I, you know, I'm biased toward Apple, but Apple. Where else, Papa Chris?
3: Stitcher, Stitcher, uh, Spotify,
2: Spotify. I like Spotify. when they say Stitcher. Stitcher, podcast? I don't even know what Stitcher is, Google, but I think Google, it's cool. It's like Google a podcast.
0: Where well, is that Google Podcast or wherever you? Download and listen to your podcast. This is a wonderful, wonderful episode because we will be um, having a, a rich discussion about Black History Month and we have some outstanding educators here um, from the city of St. Charles. Some School of the District. best. Some of the best. Yes. Absolutely. Um, and a future C- city of St. Charles um, educator, leader. Well, we'll get to that. We'll that's get to that. That's a just minutes. like a tease.
2: It is a tease. Yeah.
0: Fantastic. Um,
2: so, And then we'll look forward to wrapping things up with some highlights. Yeah, definitely. Had a great meeting last night, board meeting. We we uh, celebrated um, Board Educational Week. We have Mm -hmm. six fantastic board members at this point that are leading our district, and we thank them for all that they do
0: for us. It's Board Appreciation Week, and we do. We we truly, truly appreciate everything our Board of Education does for us um, and the support that they give us. Truly. And we got some, just quick, got some. Quick Lincoln news?
2: We did. Yeah. I guess we could have done that oh, at the yeah. end, but the now we can do it now. We, yeah. Lincoln Elementary was just nominated as um, uh, a finalist, a nominee for um, basically the National Blue Ribbon Schools, which yeah. is awesome. It's and it's really there's a great story there. Oh, we,
0: <laughs> I love it. You, I, I well, Jason hear can't it. hear it. Because I didn't he have my headphones, have headphones on. Papa Chris, give him the headphones to do again. Is, what what just happened?
2: Just listen. is that great? Oh, <laughs> <it's>, people <laughs> are clapping. Yes. I love that. Isn't that great? Yeah. Yes. Thank yeah. you. <laughs> Baba Chris, how's it going on? Yeah, but does. Lincoln uh, Blue Ribbon Schools, yeah. uh, nominee for that, one of seven, I believe, seven, in the yeah. state of Missouri. Um, there is going to be a trip to D.C. In, included in that, as well as the Powerful Learning Conference where they're going to be recognized and they have a whole application to fill out to see if they actually get the award. But to be a nominee just nominated. and a, a lot of it is based on our test scores, which is a neat thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but it also Lincoln has a great story of just um, how they're meeting kids needs every day. Absolutely. It's 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 a it's a, a real honor for uh, Miss Julie Williams and her staff. So we're excited about Lincoln. Absolutely. And when one of us does well, we all, we do, all do well. Because well. it is it's
0: a team SCSC game. United. Yeah, absolutely. It's certainly a team game. Um, but we'll get to the celebrations. And we got a lot of good
2: people here to talk
0: do. to. We do. Um, so we have, with this discussion, we have Chuck Stansel, um, who teaches at St. Charles West, Abby Rahano who teaches at St. Charles High, Amy Chance, who's a teacher at Lincoln, David Forbes teaches at... St. Charles High, and we have Dr. Daryl Diggs, who will be our new principal at Hardin Middle School, to help lead this discussion regarding um, Black History Month. But I would love for each of our um, panelists and guests to tell you a little bit about themselves. So we'll start with Amy Chan. So Amy, just tell us a little bit about yourself. How long you've been in the district, and then we'll go over to Abby. Okay,
3: um, I'm originally from Columbus, Ohio. I've been in Missouri, going on my fourth year. I am teaching special education at Lincoln Elementary, going into my third year.
0: Fantastic. Thank you for joining us. Thanks.
4: Yeah. yeah,
1: yeah. Um, Well, I am a graduate of St. Charles West, <laughs> 2001 class, uh, but I teach. I am a pirate now. I teach at go. St. Charles High, as you said, and I've been here for 13 years. Fantastic. So that's kind of crazy, but 13 years, yeah. and I teach art.
0: Thanks for joining us, Abby. Mm-hmm. I'm
5: Chuck Stansel. This is my 18th or 19th year in the district. I kind of lose track after a while. Um, I taught at High. I taught at Hardin. I've been 11 years at St. Charles West. Um, I love what I do, and I love the atmosphere. I love the St. Charles School District.
0: Fantastic. Thanks, Chuck.
6: David Forbes. Uh, This is my first year in the district of St. Charles, but I taught three years at McClure South Berkeley. I spent my – entire life in St. Louis, graduated from Pattonville. I'm just happy to be here. All right,
4: hello everybody. First of all, thank you for this opportunity. This is uh, Dr. Daryl Diggs. I'm approaching my, uh, let me see, 13th year, uh, ending out my 13th year of education all in the Parkway School District and now transitioning over to St. Charles City. I'm super excited and pumped up to be a part of the great work that Harden Middle School uh, taken over there and pumped up to be a part of this team. So thank
0: you. Thank you for the introduction, and thank you for being here. So this is a basic question, um, but obviously it impacts all of us, regardless of um, who we are, um, differently and probably one in the same. So, you know, it's, it's February, and it's Black History Month. So, I mean, just chime in. What, what does it mean to you, Black History Month?
3: Uh, black History Month, to me, is the celebration of black achievement and black excellence.
0: Fantastic.
1: Black history, to me, is a time to focus on kind of the beauty and wonderfulness of being black, being seen, and um, just celebrating who we are as a people. And I like to do that all year, but this is also a good time to
4: do it. Absolutely. And I would agree. uh, To piggyback on those two uh, examples, I would also say it's an opportunity for kids to be able to, to learn, to understand, and to grow, even though the representation in the curriculum might not be there where there's black educators or inventors or those that have been influential in history um, are prevalent. So this is like a, a, an intentionality for us to focus on some things. Amen.
5: Right. <laughs> I, I totally agree with uh, Dr. Diggs on that concept. I think it's an opportunity for us to enhance those things, uh, to have those conversations. Uh, black history is American history. I mean, a lot of, we talk about it, but we know that blacks, helped to create and develop America and what it is today. And a lot of the things are put on the the backs, excuse me, of our ancestors. And so it's very important that these things are talked about and spoken about in the classroom so that future, our next generations, know. Because unfortunately with history, if you don't know it, you lose it. And that's why this month is so important.
6: Yeah, I would piggyback on all of those things, and I would say if I had to condense it down to a word, black history is about black empowerment. It's about the ability for blacks to understand that there were people who looked like him who had success throughout history, and I think that forms the foundation of identity, and I think a lot of times from teaching in two completely different districts, I think black identity is something that kind of gets kind of ignored. Uh, and I think a lot of kids struggle because they don't really know who they are. And so incorporating black history throughout the entire curriculum is a way for people to be able to identify who they are as a person and where they come from. You know, for me, it's it's everything you
0: said, everything that all of us have said. Um, but what really stands out to me is, one, it is a source of empowerment. Um, I would like to think that all of us realize that, you know, our great country was um, founded and created on the backs of a lot of people, <laughs> certainly African Americans. And so the ability for us to celebrate those achievements and those accomplishments, um, you would like to think that it happens all year, but um, to, to be able to celebrate those achievements and accomplishments, it's noteworthy. That's one. I think, too, it, I would like to think that for all of us that when we celebrate this history, it does give us another landscape or another lens to look at black achievement and black empowerment. When I was growing up, for example, you know, we looked at, um, I know for me as a child, I looked at an African-American through the lens of Michael Jordan, right? And my favorite rapper, Ice Cube. That's how I looked at it, you know? And so, and I went to St. Louis Public. And that's not a knock on St. Louis Public. That's not a knock on anything. Those are just, from my regulation, the images that were presented to me. And so we know, whether you're looking at a few of my favorite, favorite men, Booker T. Washington, Frederick Douglass, um, and it's so interesting that these individuals paved the way, Frederick Douglass helping slaves to read, right, so Help them become literate, and Booker T. Washington, which is, eventually became Tuskegee University. But, I mean, you, you, you're you talking about moving a whole group of people. Mm-hmm. So I don't, I mean, I obviously I don't want to monopolize the conversation, but obviously you could tell I have a deep, Deep, deep passion for it because th- learning about those individuals helped mold who and what I was capable of doing. So it's it, it, it's empowerment, but it's also about windows and mirrors. And hopefully our, our kids are seeing that as well.
6: Yeah, and as a history teacher, I can definitely, I can compound on that. Just as far as when I'm teaching, just making sure we talk about Booker T. Washington and Du Bois and Garvey, who a lot of times get, gets ignored too. I know whenever I'm teaching, Garvey is always a footnote. Uh, and so I just make sure that I teach about those guys. And a lot of people have never heard of people like Henry Johnson. Uh, and we make sure that we, you know, when we're teaching about World War One, that we talk about things like the Harlem Hellfighters, we make sure that we talk about inclusion when discussing, like, reconstruction. And even now, when studying World War Two, you know, my kids were talking about the Double V campaign. You know what I'm saying? And so uh, as far as black history, just making sure that we implement it in every unit as far as the curriculum to where we're not just – like the civil rights unit, that's the only re- unit that mm-hmm. we talk about. You know what I'm saying? Like we talk about black inclusion, but we're including it in all aspects because I don't know who said it, but absolutely, black history is American history, and so just make sure that, that the kids understand that.
5: I agree totally, Dave. It's that, also, it's that also that concept. You know, when I teach government as well, and it's that concept. A lot of a lot of women are running for president this term, and my kids are asking about how many women have run. Well, you look at black history, we look at the fact that you look at Shirley Chisholm. A lot of my kids didn't realize that back in the 70s there was an African-American woman that ran for president. So those are those concepts. You look at senators like and congresswomen like Barbara Jordan. My kids look like these are people I've never heard of. So those conversations have to happen. And I think it, Black History Month doesn't just help and enhance black history. It helps everybody, like you said earlier— it's that inclusion concept. So everybody knows every aspect of everybody in, in this American culture that we have. Everybody's a part of it. And Absolutely. It's
0: huge.
1: I think for me, um, I always tell my students this, like going to West and we had wonderful teachers, but there's definitely my identity and people who look like me missing from the narrative, you know. So it's nice uh, every so often when teachers would during this month at least see people who look like me you know, and talk about our accomplishments and our contributions, Um, and honestly, even my own education, and I think it goes for a lot of us, is very white bread, and so I had to really learn over the 13 years how to find that information to share with my kids, and it always started with Black History Month, and the more I know, then I'm able to implement and add um, more information and more um, artists of color and um, talk about like even my own identity as a black woman, you know? And so it's just a really great place to start, but I hope we get to a point where it's just an all year thing. And it's just a very commonplace thing and it definitely benefits all of our students, not just our students of color. Sure. And Real quick,
5: St. Charles does have a good history Mm -hmm. when it comes to um, African Americans uh, in the, in the workplace and education you have the Franklin School. You have Mr. Washington, who was very prevalent in this area uh, during those time frames. Um, you have Mr. Walsh. I do believe Mr. Walsh was the first uh, African-American assistant principal in the district, if I'm not mistaken. I might be wrong on that. Not sure. So, I mean, and I do believe, Dr. Diggs, if I can throw it out there, I do believe you are the first head, head African-American principal in this district. So those are strides that, that are huge.
0: <laughs> I'm, I'm almost <laughs> no, 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 positive
5: no, no. on that. Now I could be wrong. Perhaps I don't know. But I think I mean. But just thinking about those things in, in in 2020, those are huge strides. And we look at those, and it's commonplace now. It's not something that's, oh my God, this is huge narrative that we have to talk about. Right. And that's also a, a good thing to happen. That it, it's, it's commonplace. We don't forget who we are, but we still move forward every day. So I agree with you in the concept that black history is 365,
6: 24-7. And quickly, I I would just say that that was the goal of Carter G, that when he died, the goal was for not just to – because it started off Black History Week. And so it went until 76 to where it moved up to Black History Month. But the goal when he died was to make it a black history year, right? And so Abby and Chuck, you're absolutely right. that The goal is not to stop here but to continue to expand upon that and you know, make Black History a 365 included throughout American history. How do you feel Black History Month
0: benefits our students? And we, and we touched on that. Um, what are your thoughts about that?
3: I think it benefits all students, especially when a lot of times the portrayal of African Americans is negative mm-hmm. within social media, just media in general. So I think having the opportunity to introduce them to others, to see other perspectives, especially in a school setting, Uh, benefits everyone
4: absolutely if I I can just compound on that on that piece there's there's so many times where in social media and print ads and commercials movies even sitcoms where we are the the brunt of many jokes right Um, in a personal example there was a situation where there was some some imagery labeled with some racial undertones and that is viewed as funny um, but if there is a, a deeper connection to the history of these words and also the history of ideology moving forward, then people will greatly and quickly understand that, you know what, this isn't funny. This is deep rooted um, in, in, in hurtful language and also a little bit of hate as well. So as we were to take a deeper dive into Black History Month for all students, there would be that commonality that we're not too much different from each other if we're able to empathize, connect, dive deeper into the the growth and understanding. But it's going to be an uphill battle if there isn't that representation in our curriculum.
1: I I want to speak to this as a a black student in a majority white culture at West. Um, It was really hard for me to find, somebody said, identity, like see where I fit in, you know. Um, And it was lovely to see people who look like me being celebrated. But I really want to shout out a teacher I had, you know, because I don't know if I ever told her this, Mrs. Needham. I remember her pulling me aside one day and saying, hey, like, why don't you read um, Richard Wright, Native Son? You know, there's all these books on here, but I really feel like you can identify with this. Going further, as we're heading into uh, the future here, what if everybody read Richard Wright? You know, it's extremely relevant to uh, us as a people, not just black people, but as Americans, you know. But I really appreciated that she saw me, and I cannot say that enough. And I think Black History Month just allows kids to see somebody who looks like them celebrated, you know, Mm -hmm. and validate who they are and their specialty. Um, So I think it's really important. And then also for our white kids to also see it as like a normal part of life to celebrate black culture, you know.
6: I would just add to what Abby's saying. It just, as far as American history, it just reshapes the narrative uh, to where we can move away from some of those labels even to where it's no longer black history. It's just... History, history yeah. right, you know, and we, we all know about history and a lot of times it being white, whitewashed and throughout the curriculum. But I would just go with Abby. Like, we can reshape how blacks are talked about in this country or how blacks are really appreciated in this country just by reshaping that narrative uh, and including just different authors and different artists and different uh, achievers, like you were talking about earlier, mm-hmm. right, different inventors and different uh, blacks who, who were very successful and great. Influential in American history.
0: So I remember when I was a kid, and <clears throat>
6: you remember those Super Soaker water guns, right?
0: So you pump them up with the air pressure. So, um, my mom got her income her income tax check, and I wanted the Super Soaker two hundred. So the, it had the double barrels of water. I mean, you base this thing is like a bazooka water gun, and you the air pressure you pump that thing up, and you know, water go flying. And my brother ended up getting the Super Soaker one hundred, so it was a one barrel. This is significant, by the way. Yeah describing it like this and it was so I appreciated now it's a kid so I must have been living by Beaumont I was in fifth grade fourth, fifth grade and I loved that water gun when I found out somebody who looks like me invented it mm-hmm. I think his name is Sonny Johnson or something his last name Johnson but you go ahead and look it up Chuck I, I'm telling you it was incredible like a, a like a black man invented the Super Soaker that was on TV all the time. I mean, we I had the Super Soaker 30, I had the 50, I had the 100. It was incredible that that concept was created by an African-American. Lonnie Johnson. Lonnie Johnson, that's it. That's it. I couldn't believe it because in it wasn't broadcasted anywhere. I think I was looking at something on PBS or something, and it was amazing to me that an African-American had invented something that was so popular uh, across the world. It was incredible. And like, it just, it, it reshaped the narrative, like Davis said, because along with playing with these water guns, I was also in the basketball, and then obviously with Michael Jordan and Charles Barkley and Patrick Ewing. I mean, these were the African-American figures that I was looking at. And then it was the, it was the musicians. But we're talking about something that, like, basically, it, it was technology before the word technology was really common. I mean, everybody on my street had one of these deals. And it was created by somebody that looked like me. I, I couldn't believe it. I still can't believe You see how excited I am? I mean, I couldn't believe it. It was incredible. It's incredible.
1: Yeah, to that, Dr. Lewis. So just as an art teacher, uh, I think it's really, we, when we talk about black history, we always look to the past. It's really, like what you were saying, Mm. it's really important to connect students to black people who are doing great things today. Absolutely. Okay? Kehinde Wiley had an exhibition at the St. Louis Art Museum here. Uh, Huge, okay? Equivalent of Andy Warhol for today. For us, black man. And I had to take my kids. We went on the opening day. Made it that much more special. We built it up. We watched videos. Interviews. We made work based on Kehinde's work, you know. And this is all my kids, obviously. And it was real special, you know, to them. And it was so special for me to see my white and black kids, Hispanic kids, all my kids celebrating this black man. Not just because he's a black man; he's just a great artist. Yeah. You know. Yeah. And to really see his work in person and like connect with it in that way. So I think it's really important. And I have the the kind of privilege of doing that as an artist and art teacher really drawing inspiration from modern artists who are doing and talking about the black story today. So,
0: What are some of the things you would like to see improved or changed with Black History Month moving forward as a whole? What are your thoughts about that? To me, I think as a culture, we need to make the
5: emphasis more about beyond February. I think we as a culture sometimes want to make sure that February is jammed packed with information and historical points and the process of where we are. Um, I think sometimes we lose the fact that there's 11 other months that we have to have these conversations and to push the narrative forward. I think for me that's the biggest thing. Um, I mean, even BET has a state of the black union. It's in February. All these the NAACP awards, February. Mm-hmm. It's a great month to celebrate all these things, but there are other months that you can push these cultural concepts out. And I think our students need to see that as well.
4: I would like to say I would like to see an improvement in the intentionality when it comes to planning, getting the information out, growing the spirit around it. So, for example, imagine what this month would look like if we put the same amount of energy and resources that we would for homecoming or for a spring dance, or a fall dance, or a sliver of graduation, right? Like if we were able to put that much energy and enthusiasm into this, that way we're spreading the wealth when it comes to this history that is so rich in America. Um, What would that look like if we were to switch some gears and to pour into it like we pour into many other mainstream things?
6: I would say, and me and Abby, we talked about this a little bit this morning, but I would say more tough questions, more... Uh, a little bit more making people uncomfortable. Um, I think a lot of times with Black History Month, we, we focus on the positives, which we, which we should. But, I mean, if we're going to grow as a nation, as a people, you know, as schools, as districts, right, we need to have some of those tough conversations. And I think the reason why we're talking about inclusion and identity is because we don't have enough of it. Yeah. And I think a lot of times we do need to focus the conversation there. You know, why are we focused? Why do you not know who Mary McLeod Bethune is? You know, like, let's have those conversations. Um, and I think that would be what I would want changed or improved upon.
5: I think also, yes, it's our history. It's black history. But if we teach history. We, don't we teach other cultures in our history classes? It's our history to share, but it's everybody's history. It's okay that whites want to learn black history, Hispanics want to learn back history. I think sometimes as, as a culture, it's ours. We want to gravitate to hold it in for us, and that's it. And nobody else can use it or or take it. It's just ours. And I think that's part of the negative portion of it. We need to share our history, but it's okay for somebody else. It's okay for a, a white middle-aged man to teach black history. Absolutely. I mean, I teach U.S. history. I teach government. I'm a 45-year-old black man. There's nothing wrong with anybody who wants to do it, who wants to learn our history, go for it.
2: But I think you already said this too. To, to piggyback on that is Black History is our history. It's 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 it it's all it's our for me it's all of our country's history, and that's that's why it's so important for me. I think the, also the balance. But for me, as obviously in. Our podcasters can't see me, but if you don't know, I'm, I'm a middle-aged white bald man. And, um, for, and for me, as a leader in a school district, you know, I'm not looking, you know, it's awesome that Dr. Diggs is our first African-American head principal. Dr. Diggs didn't get that job because he's African-American. It's the balance of celebrating that, because I want to celebrate that, and that's a cool thing, and it's an awesome thing, but it's so much more than that as well, because he's an unbelievable leader is an unbelievable and you're you, we are agreeing with all that i'm not but it just that's for me the balance uh of, and i and i say my race and my age you know a lot of people look like me and i'm just kind of average joe guy and we're looking for good leaders we're looking for good teachers and they're right here in front of me now being african-american to me that's even i mean that's just that that's awesome because that's we're going to be more diverse but I'm looking, so the balance for me is, yes, we want to celebrate, and I agree, I want to celebrate, and I I want black history to be something that we look at and celebrate African American culture, not just in February, but always, but I also want it to become, I don't want to, I don't want to not celebrate it and make sure we know that we're excited about it, but I also just want it to become the norm. Just wanted to become. We're just people, and and but we need to understand where we came from in terms of the history of it, and understanding, it, and like you said, having real conversations, so so we can move forward. Let's just teach it. Let's just talk. Let's just be people together. I look in this room, and it's my SST family, and I'm so proud of our family.
3: No, I agree with everything. I think that um, it does need to become something where it's just a part of the norm. You know, you can still celebrate it. Like, um, Dr. Diggs said, you know, make it a big thing, but then also incorporate it throughout the year. Yeah. I think that's what'll really make the difference.
0: Mm-hmm. I agree. You know, it just feels heavy, front loaded, right? February is so much, and then it, like, right. then it just, dissipates. You know? Exactly. And so, um, the contributions of African Americans from the past, the present, and will be in the future, will always be there. Now, I, I think for all of us, it's I think it's a huge mistake if we only spend, you know, the month of February celebrating that. Though I understand what Carter G was trying to do when he started in the first place. It was trying to bring light and trying to to show the accomplishments of African-Americans to be seen. Right. But now, you know, we're in 2020. It would be nice not to let the month go away, but to extend it to a 12 month deal rather than a one month deal. Because, you know, I don't know about you. But as an African-American, I love to see all people succeed. But I know that many African-Americans come from many walks of life. So I can only speak about the skin that I'm in. And I know that it is, I, 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 it is enjoyable for me to see other African-Americans progress in various fields. Now, again, I'm, I'm, I'm saying that from my lens because I think about the little kid who was in the backyard playing basketball all day long. Right. And, you know, I was I played basketball and I rapped. I did it all. Right. But I, I love to see scientists. Right. I want to see superintendents. I want to see business owners and entrepreneurs. You know, like that opens the narrative of what is possible for all people, for all African-Americans. And when you a little kid who grew up in St. Louis City, I saw two tracks. Now, this is a young kid until I graduated in 2004 and decided to be a substitute, right? And I only wanted to be a substitute because my mom wanted me to work at Quick Trip, and I wasn't doing that. <laughs> no knock on Quick Trip. <laughs> she was like, you got to get a job. I said, I want I wanted to work at Quick Trip. And I decided to go into public education, and it totally changed my personal narrative from an athlete to an educator. But was that presented in front of me as an option, like going through high school? Oh, you could be a teacher. No, not at all. I didn't know. I didn't know. My parents didn't go to college. I don't know what to do. Like, so basketball is free. I mean, basketball to get me to college for free. And after that, I mean, it's, you know, I mean, I majored in broadcast. I didn't know what to do with it. So that's what I'm saying. Like, it, it wasn't until I came upon other African-American educators that paid that way and opened that door. Oh, this is possible. And we're doing the same thing for our kids. Now when they see us as teachers and principals, et cetera, and artists, that we're opening the door and paving a way like this is possible for you. And and so that from that piece as an African-American, not, not that there's pressure on it, but in, in our respective roles, regardless if we look at it or not, because sometimes I get lost in myself, is that somebody's watching us
6: saying, what we're currently doing is possible for me. I think that's powerful. I think... Your story is the exact reason why Carter G. Woodson invented Black History Week. I think your story is the exact, it's the epitome of why he did it. Uh, and it's that empowering piece for black young men and black young women to see themselves. And that's why it's its extremely important for us to highlight people who look like us who were successful so we can believe that it's possible. Uh, they had what they call like a sharecropper's education in the South and blacks weren't they weren't highlighted at all. And if they were, they would only focus on one one or two black people to where, you know, and it's just the familiar names. You would focus on Fraser Douglas, but that would be it. Mm-hmm. And so the fact that if we can include, right, blacks who are successful, it expands the opportunities for kids who are in the backyard shooting jump shots. And, like, you know what? I have another route, too. Exactly. So I think, like, your story is the exact reason why we have Black History Month and Black History where It started with Black History Week, but that's the reason why we created it, is to create those opportunities.
1: And the reason for why we should have more black educators that kids can look up to, you know? Um, And it's not just about our black kids looking up to us. Our white kids see us in positions of leadership, and that shapes the future. Well, and, you know, in in
0: our current school district, you know, our Hispanic population as well. I mean, that is a growing population. That's a growing demographic for us in this. Yeah. In, uh, um,
1: and that's why we really need a more multicultural staff. Absolutely, <laughs> And so that all of our kids see someone that looks like them in positions of leadership. And one thing I wanted to say earlier when you were talking was, too, is don't save it for, you know, if you have to, curriculum to share, if there's an interesting artist, I'm just coming from my lens, too. Yeah, yeah. Don't save it for Black History Month. You can right. do it any time. And Definitely. I will say, like, in the beginning of my uh, education or educational career, I felt like, Oh no, it's past February. I can't share, you know. Um, Jacob Lawrence. It was stupid, mm-hmm. you know. But I was, I came from that that education, a very white bread education. So it was like kind of instilled in me, like black story and history is shared in February. <laughs> Once you pass twenty eight. I mean you could just save it for next year. You know? It's, so just it's save. Just, it. Just save it. Hold just on save. to it. Hold on like, to it. Take a little list, you know, <laughs> write it on the back. Yeah. <laughs> like, make it a bookmark. You know, So uh, don't save it. You right. know? Yeah.
4: Yeah, don't let's use it. it. I mean in addition in addition to that, you know, let's also not wait to tell young people that they can be educators, that Absolutely. they can be teachers, they can be Role models to somebody, um, either older or younger than them, because I believe that's also what we're missing. Like, are we spending that time letting them know, like, yeah, there's all these different paths, but like, why not teaching? Why not education? Why not take the place of Dr. Diggs one day? You know, why not take the place of some of your teachers one day? You know, grow, grow your own, and that's something that I think is important. Like, there's no reason why we can't have um, young St. Charles City students become the next teachers movers and definitely. shakers um, in this work and so that's something that I'm passionate about so as I'm um, coming into Harden July 1st like that's something that I'm going to speak a lot about to our young people and to our teachers like hey you know we have the next leaders we have the next president I know it in our building and so what are we going to do to grow them and it's, it's almost like uh, gardening right how, how deep are we watering our seeds you know, definitely that's what we need to be doing.
5: I agree with that, I think that's that positive that we have to push though it's um, I saw on Facebook when we talked about social media earlier there was a question that was posed out there. How many black teachers did you see in your classroom or excuse me, when was the first time you saw a black teacher or when did you have when was the first time you had a black teacher? For me, it was college. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was Dr. Dickerson over at Forest Park Community College, History of Black America very first class I ever had as a, as a student was in college. So my whole career I had white male and female teachers. So I think that's a part of it is that we don't see enough. And that's one reason for me, when I got in education, I'm actually a fourth generation educator in my family, which is, as we know, the narrative is not the, it's, the norm. It's not the norm, right? It's not the norm. For, um, me,
4: for me, it was a uh, senior year. Mr. Barnes. My human anatomy teacher, yeah, he was the first one.
5: So I think that, and I think that pushes it, and that's one reason why, when I got the job in St. Charles, I stayed because my friends were like, "Why don't you come over to St. Louis? Your grandfather taught at Sumner. They're looking for teachers at Sumner. Go teach at Sumner. Be in the black community. For what? They've got a whole black staff for for these kids. I've got because I had subbed in the district." there are several black students out here who don't have somebody that looks like them teaching them. And that's one reason why I stayed and I've been here 18 years and it's been all my students, black, white, Hispanic. I've enjoyed my time here, but all races get to see me
0: in that role. And I think that's
5: huge.
2: I agree.
0: I remember when um, I was a hall monitor and I was, um, now I was a hall monitor. So,
4: (laughs) Stop running, young man! Stop running!
0: Did you have a, hold on, hold on! Yeah, I had one. Did, did you have a whistle? No, did you Did you have a, the whistle? But I had the walkie. Oh, you had the, walk, oh. the walkie. Walkie. Oh, there. with the sash. Oh. Yeah, the did walkie. You was did you have a vest? No vest. No. I have a feeling like you guys are knocking my water. Did, did you Did you have the the, the belts like the, like the belt that clasped? Oh. you?
1: We need
0: they, to know. They're not gonna <laughs> work. No, let me tell you what. I need I, a picture, man. I need. Nah, a picture. I, well, if, if, there, if there were any pictures, there are no pictures. But um, no, there are not. I would say that um, all of these like belts and whistles, no, I had none of that. I just wore regular professional clothes. So that's that. Anyways, <laughs> anyways, um, I was thinking about, now this is really long term because my wife thought I was nuts who was my fiancé at the time, but I really wanted to get a doctorate. And I will never forget writing down, because it was important to me, because, you know, growing up, I actually, well, growing up, I I didn't see myself as an intelligent student. I saw myself as mm, maybe less than average, right? The hard classes I struggled with, the easy classes I dominated. So, you know, like, okay. Who couldn't rock out PE, right? So I did that very well. But when it came to the sciences or the maths, those were really struggles for me. And so I carried that. T- I didn't have much of math courses um, when I got to Barry University for my junior and senior year. But when I graduated, and I was a, I'm was around all these educators and they're, they're doctors, and it's the highest degree you can obtain. I don't see any African Americans that that have that degree but not only an edd md you name any of the d's i don't care what they are right any of the the doctorates that our country hold and so i remember making a list and it was profound to me i made this list and i put our family physician dr butler and then i put all of the non-white doctors that i encountered in my life from high school i mean from from crestview middle school to lafayette high school to other physicians I've seen, or Lindenwood University physicians. So I got one in this column and I got another one on this column. And it was eye-opening to me. Like, I don't see many people that are doing this, so I don't know if it's possible or not. So the windows and mirrors are very real for our students, and um, we all carry that. And we all have these antidotes where we're like, wow, like, I didn't realize there was an inequity in terms of my level of exposure. So um, it's... We, we are all such powerful people beyond the color of our skin, but we also realize that there are students who look like us. And not even if they're not African-American, regardless if they're male, female, et cetera, whether it's gender, race, ableism, look, we have people that, that are looking up to us and we are creating and help shaping a narrative for our students. I think it, at the heart of it, that's why we get into this, to truly make a difference, whether it's with one student who's struggling with reading or if it's another student who we empower to play a uh, sport or someone that we cast a vision on that they can't even see for themselves. You know. And I know that um, as I progressed in this profession, um, I've certainly had people who saw things in me that I didn't see in myself. Um, and, and that certainly was beyond um, the color of my skin. But I realized that when they saw that in me, it helped pave a way create a trail and blaze a trail for those that look like me to say wow if Rodney can do this especially Rodney right if Rodney can do this my god then maybe it's possible for me.
1: Can I speak to the workforce as well and the collaboration that happens between teachers um when you are a person of color you're going to bring a different perspective yeah and it just makes for a richer work environment which then helps all of our kids at the end of the day definitely too You know, so, yeah, I think seeing an example of leadership and, you know, being able to achieve it because you see somebody else who's Mm -hmm. done it. But also the wonderful thing about you being here and all of us being here is we get to interact and collaborate with our um, our school family, too. Definitely. And and help better the conversation and all of that as well.
0: That's awesome. Thank you so much. We could do this for another 43 minutes, but, you know, time is still It's powerful, isn't it? What you think that? I think know? it's awesome.
2: Yeah, I'm just proud of our family, I'm proud of of what our district stands for and where we're headed. Yeah, and it's all students, right? It's all students. That's the key. We talked about our big rocks of uh, RTI response intervention and student needs, and and the key word is all. It's not just this pocket or this pocket, but it's all.
0: Yeah. Definitely. So. Definitely. so one. I mean, just before we end, I you know. I don't listen to a a lot of podcasts, but I would say for me to be in a room with my colleagues, um, individuals that I work with, and to be able to have a rich discussion about something that can be labeled as taboo, not that there's anything wrong with Black History Month, there's certain connotations that come around when we talk, when we begin to have a conversation about race, um, regardless of who we are, right? You know, whether we're a group of black educators, white educators. Is that this is just about having an open dialogue about, you know, what it means for us to be black educators in in our school district, how it supports our students, all students, not just African American students, um, and how we are helping shape mirrors and win windows and mirrors for our students, and that's what that's what our goal is.
2: Exactly, and you're all invited back. We can come back and have a whole session on art. <laughs> <laughs> Have a session on history. Have in. a session on how the great things Harden's doing in a year. So that, that Or St. Charles West or Lincoln. Obviously, Lincoln's rocking it out. So.
4: Let's go. Exactly. <laughs> so.
2: Okay, Jason, let's celebrate. Celebration. So we already talked about Lincoln. Yes, we did. Doing great things. We're looking forward to seeing where that nominee uh, nomination process takes us with Blue Ribbon School. So, again, shout out to Lincoln. Um, let's talk about art. I was able to go to an art show down at the Crooked Tree, you want to talk a little bit about that? Sure. It was the AP, AP... It
1: was my AP studio students, uh-huh. and we curated the whole thing together. They chose their piece, matted their piece. And uh, Julie Hunter, who's a teacher at C. Charles High School, and Steen Hunter, they both own the Crooked Tree, so it's a great way to collaborate with our community. We're really grateful that they let us use that space. It's not the first time we've shown a lot of art there, actually, over the years. So it's still up until i don't know we're very casual about it so probably will be up through february for sure Good. and later so go check it out it's very Fantastic. beautiful art by our
2: and i also know st charles west ap studio art students have their art at the foundry i think it's it, is foundry. it at the foundry it's, it's out as well, so I know they have a, a display going on this month as well. So, And I was able to stop by the Cricket Tree the other night and see that artwork, and it's awesome. So shout-out to our art students. We have we have very talented students. We it's just awesome to see. Uh, winter season, full swing with uh, basketball and wrestling and swimming. I had a chance to get out and see everybody do their thing. But we do have – shout-out to – we do have uh, six girls – from St. Charles High School. They're going to go down and wrestle this uh, next week for state. Yeah. I'm hoping to get there maybe Thursday and watch a little bit of that, so that's exciting. I didn't get to their districts last week because I was out of town, so I'm hoping to get to see that. And uh, and then our boys wrestle in districts this weekend, so we're excited about that as well. So the girls'
5: matches were good. I was there. The girls' matches the are girls
2: really were good. The girls' matches are good. Good, good. So we're excited about that and and all that we're doing on the mat in the court. Awesome. A uh, little shout-out for um, the guy that Dr. Diggs will take over for, Dr. Ed Gettemeyer, our very own Ed Gettemeyer, was honored at Saturday's, last Saturday's Ambush soccer game. So uh, he was not only honored for his soccer career, but also his great educational career. About 300 people from our community were there, just and his parents were able to be there and just honored his uh, great legacy and then also uh, the hard middle school choir and uh orchestra performed the national anthem so it was a great ni- great great night for that so um what else i got hey how about real quick dr diggs jump on that mic let's talk a little bit about what happened last friday a little bit um not you
4: just give a quick little synopsis of what you were able to facilitate last friday Absolutely. Thank you. Uh, So last Friday, uh, there's a group that I'm involved with called Black Males in Education for St. Louis. And what we were able to put on was a symposium at the Two Hill Theater at the UMSL campus and essentially about fourteen hundred or so plus educators secured tickets to be able to come to the table and talk about and listen from phenomenal speakers from all over the St. Louis area and also across our state. And in those discussions, we talked about inclusion, diversity, anti-bias, anti-racism frameworks. We also talked about um, equity, you know, really deep dive into mm-hmm. equity. And so from there, we dive into another piece of the symposium where there was a panel of those same topics. And what was incredible about that symposium is that the goal was to increase the number of black male educators in St. Louis as well as black educators uh, in general. So across our state, we make 1% of all the teaching force. Uh, of seventy-one thousand, we're one percent of that, and also across our country, we're two percent. So at the symposium last week, um, it, super huge, diverse crowd, you know, all rallying around the idea of inclusion, equity, and diversity. So awesome, powerful. So the next iteration of that is going to be even more impactful. That's awesome, and we were a proud sponsor of that. Absolutely. So big, huge shout out to St. Charles City for your support, and also just uh, you know rallying around. Uh, a topic that's really, really important, I saw several pictures um of uh, dr Lewis there, you know shaking hands and talking to the people about these important you know pieces uh so I appreciate you coming out and being a part of that
0: work definitely um Danielle was there, and you know the the most interesting the most interesting thing about that is that for me you know this is my i think my thirteenth or fourteenth year, but I had never been part of anything like that. I think the one that um Dr. McCoy talked about. I believe I attended that one, but that was so long ago. I, I believe it was either my first year as a PE teacher or um, it must have been my last year as a homeowner at Lafayette High School. But it, I had never been a part of anything like that before. So it, it, was, it was neat. I was, I was there not only as an educator and a, um, and a proud sponsor of the event. I was there as a fan. I mean, to get a chance to, to hear and listen and be around that level of energy was pretty, um, was pretty phenomenal
4: the energy was high and it didn't stop uh, throughout the night there's a piece in my opening speech where I talked about my sons i have a 5 year old and a 3 year old and in my conversation to the um, to the guests about my children is this you know at what point will the the teaching force see my kids heart before they see their skin yeah right um, and so that's kind of how we we laid out the evening and we just dive deep into what's really uh, uh, important for all of us all children, all, all children, educators, definitely, um, definitely. So, thank you for your support. Hey, thank you for facilitating that's, and putting together. That's in so advance. well
2: said, and I think I bantered for about five minutes, and that—that's—that's what I—that's what I, I want to see. That's what I want people to see. I want to see people's hearts. You know, I want to—I want to just want to see the good that we all have to give, and how do we get that out of everybody, especially our kids? That's awesome. Um, Chuck already mentioned that we have this unbelievable black history here in, in the city of St. Charles School District. And one thing it has to do is our Franklin School and St. Uh, Charles High did a really nice job of um, honoring that tradition at uh, the January 31st game uh, basketball game with St. Charles High and uh, Duchenne. It was just a really neat. They had um, a couple of uh, former students. Um, from Franklin, um, were up there and they did some uh, just some narrative on what Franklin School looked like, what it was all about, the great tradition, um, and actually the great transition they had from Franklin coming into the city of Saint Charles School District, and and what at that time what the community was doing to lead all that integration and how we move forward as a community, and and um, um, we also had uh, their the they have about three or four state basketball championship teams that were honored that night too. And then we have a banner up in central side. So that was a really cool night as well. And um, what else, anything else today was an early release day. So lots of our staff our teaching staff um, getting some good PD and some collaboration done today. So that's exciting. Yeah. And uh, conference spring conferences are coming, coming up. up. Yes. And I don't know about you, but the three day weekend <laughs> looks pretty good to me. It sure. It does. So
0: a lot yeah. of great, as we always say, Great like things happening
2: great, in the city of St. Charles School District. Definitely,
0: last but not least. Or did you?
2: I was gonna
5: say, say uh I don't know if everybody knows that St. Charles West has started a black student
2: union. Yes. Oh and Please uh, say, yep, they yep. uh
5: last week they played different type types of music in the morning and the afternoon, kind of a celebration type of thing. And then uh this coming week is their um, Spirit Week. Spirit thing. Mm-hmm. Spirit Week. And uh one of the key things is uh, Wednesday, I like that Wednesday is a dress up day. Because a lot of us know, back in the day, you went to school, you wore a suit and tie. So, they want everybody to dress up. So, I, for me, I like that. So, it's neat. But I think that's huge for, for our district, you know, just moving forward.
2: You know, and that was student-led and how that came about for this year. And um, I believe their first meeting, there was almost 30 kids there.
5: Yeah, I think there was 40 the last meeting. Was there? I'm thinking, yeah, so, like 30 grown, or 40 kids, mm-hmm. which
2: is phenomenal to see. It's good. That's I know the, their
0: their goal is to get everybody involved. See, I, you know what the, the common theme is all. Mm-hmm. Right? It's, not, it's not just exactly. like who's in this room. It's how our, it's what we do and, and who we are, how it galvanizes the whole group. Are we going to go to Papa Chris? Papa Chris. You know, as as we were talking, he reluctantly told me, no, I said, you got to do it. Papa Chris has one minute to enlighten all of us. Papa Chris. I will begrudgingly take part in the Grudgingly. <laughs> <Papa laughs> <Chris minutes. laughs>
5: Um, I, don't, I really don't have a whole lot today, but I will. Uh, I like to maybe throw out there that uh, last Sunday, the movie *Parasite* was the um, 2020, I believe, Oscar winner for Best Picture. It's also the first foreign film to to win this uh, prestigious award. Yeah, and one of the first things people started saying
3: is. How can a movie with subtitles win Best Picture? Don't let things you're not familiar with scare you away from watching mm. it. Parasite's one of the best movies I've seen in years. Mm. It, it, it throws a curveball
5: at you. Mm. It's, there's, there's so many important, it's an important story, but there's so many important um, facets, symbolism, and, and um, ideas that are taking place in this. And it's a real shame for you to miss out on such a glorious piece of art just because you have to read a little
0: bit. Hold on. I I don't know if people just caught what Papa Chris said. I'm gonna let you chew on it. I'm not. I will not unpack it for you. Is that amazing? This dude. I've been rambling for like five <laughs> minutes, and in
2: he thirty seconds, seconds, he, he brought he, the house down.
1: Do
2: I still have time left? Oh, no. No. There's no more time. Can you believe that?
0: Wow. What? You on <laughs> that thank note, you, thank you, Papa Chris. On behalf of all of you, Amy. Abby, Chuck, David, Daryl, thank you so much for having us, but also thank you so much for joining us. What is such a rich conversation. It was awesome. Yes, thank you so much. And thank you for all the work you're doing in our school district. Yes, and and Dr. Dix, thank you for coming along. My pleasure. Yeah, don't fall over. All right. Thank you so Mm -hmm. much. I am Rodney Lewis, your assistant superintendent here in the city of St. Charles School District.
2: And I'm El Hefe. There you go.
0: (laughs) See see ya. ya.